Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sonny. I am here with my co-host, Caleb. Yo! And, of course, before we get too, too far in, we want to take just a moment to thank all of our wonderful patrons. So, a huge thank you to Cam Yang, Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Gate Guardian Support, HGH Cyber, Madam Vera Smugness, Marshawn Jones, Zyphorus, Zephyrius, AD, ABC, It's Easy as 123, Anthony Leela, Blackwing Silver in the Ascendant as a Floodgate, Branded Fart, Cult of the Eldritch Gummy Bear, Damien Zink, Dank Nugs, Elemental Hero Nibiru Token, Invoked Fart, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Rabina Go Chirp Chirp, Rudolph, Sneaky Links, Sunny You Stubbornness, It Was Super Effective, Unbanned Number 95, Konami, Virtually Saviors World, What Does Pot of Greed Do, Zingus Khan, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Say it. I don't wanna. Say it. I, Sonny, will give Dylan an episode to discuss Appaloosa. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that's the that's the patron name, by the way. Great, I'm not doing it. Great name. <clears throat> I am bound by nothing. <laughs> Libromancer best deck, Maxi solves combo, Mystic Mind Duelist, Nordic best deck, Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, Ray Powell, Shockmaster did nothing wrong. Slaking it up and VFD's nuts. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. Of course, we want to thank a couple of people before we get too far in. We want to thank Millennium Threads for sponsoring the podcast, sending us some awesome merch, which we have put pictures up of what we have gotten on our Twitter page. If you want to see some pictures, also you can check out their link in the description down below. Millennium Threads is a it's an Etsy shop where you can go and buy various Yu-Gi-Oh themed attire and things like that hats hoodies various Shirts. things yeah so huge thank you to millennium threads be sure to check them out on etsy and of course 
Also, a huge thank you to Dragon Shield. Dragon Shield sponsored both our podcast and we helped us do an awesome giveaway recently on our Twitter. So if you're interested in that, be sure to check out Dragon Shield. If you click the affiliate link in the description down below before you shop, it costs you nothing extra to support the podcast. So huge thank yous to, to Millennium Threads and Dragon Shield for sponsoring the podcast. And of course, if you are shopping for Yu-Gi-Oh! related things on TCG Player, you can always check out our TCG Player affiliate link in the description down below. And lastly, you can check out our Discord where we host locals every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. They're remote dual locals. We have an entire section just to help new people out. Yep, it is free to enter. It's mostly there for enjoyment, but if you do top, then you do get an invite to our invite-only tournament, which will be held later this year. That'll be free to enter for anybody with an invite, and it'll be it'll have some actual prizing involved. So be sure to check that out. And if you're on Apple or Spotify, be sure to leave a rating or a review, you know, share the podcast with friends, all the usual things. You're on, if you're on YouTube, think about hitting the subscribe button if you like what you hear. And ring the bell. Yeah, absolutely. So with all that said, let's go ahead and get on into the actual episode. Yeah. So to begin with, you have some new cards, some brand new cards. Yep, we have uh, we have a good bit. We haven't gone over new cards in quite a while, yeah. actually. Um, so first We've off, kind of been letting them build up. Yes, first off, I kind of want to start with something I've been really excited about because this is a deck I really enjoyed, just the theming of from back in the day. So if you don't mind, I want to take this real quick because you're a monster and you can't yes. have all of them. I want some of them because yeah, I of like course, this deck of course. too. But I mean, I want to start with the. I want to start at the beginning. Like sure. I want to. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if y'all remember back in the day, Dark Worlds. They are getting a new structure deck that's going to include new Dark World support. So we already knew that there was a structure deck coming, but now we have the effects of a lot of the cards. And to yep. be fair, we've had these effects for like two weeks. Yeah, we're just not getting to them. We Yeah, we've been waiting for some more cards to build up. Yeah. But yeah. So first off, we have Rainbow, Supreme Overlord of the Dark World. Uh, level 8, 3,000 attack, 1,800 defense. Hey, an actual, hey, like a real boss monster. I mean, Graffa was a real boss monster in the day. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But I mean, now he just does, he just isn't big enough. Twenty seven hundred, not big enough. Three K, on the other hand, mmm, <laughs> juicy, juicy. Thirty three hundred under the field spell. Oh yeah, that's it. Uh, one, you can special summon this card from your graveyard by returning a level seven or lower Dark World monster you control to the hand. Yo, that's broken. That that's that's literally Graffa's effect, and it's not once per turn. Yeah. Uh, two, if this card is discarded by a card effect and sent to the graveyard, you can add one level five or higher Dark World monster from your deck to your hand, except rain, except another copy of itself. Then, if it was discarded by your opponent, you can special summon a level four lower Dark World monster from your deck or graveyard to either field. Which means you can summon, what is it, Cerberal? Ceruli. Ceruli. Yeah, you can just give your opponent Ceruli and get Ceruli's effect off. That's awesome. Rather than having to discard Ceruli. Yes. So, next we have... Dark World Puppeteering, which is a quick play spell. You can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. One, target up to three cards in any graveyard, banish them, then discard one Fiend Monster. So a very cool interruption there. And two, during your main phase, except the turn this card was sent to the graveyard, you can banish this card from the graveyard, then target one of your banished Fiend Monsters, add it to your hand. Really good. Yeah, this this card's really good. Um, It also makes the Lord of Darkness just free. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, next up, we have Graffa, Dragon Overlord of the Dark World. You're getting the really cool cards. Yeah, that's why I wanted to go first. 
I see how it is. Yeah. Continue. Uh, Dark Fiend fu- Fusion Monster, by the way. Level 10, 3200 attack, 2300 defense, 3500 under the field spell. Yeah, big. Uh, fusion Materials. Grapha, Dragonlord of the Dark World, and a Dark Monster. Yo, that's a super poly target. Not only that... Is it just me, or can you use Grapha and Fallen of Albaz and summon this guy off Branded Fusion? Or does Branded Fusion have a restriction on it that it has? To, does it have to send? I don't know. Look that. Look up Branded Fusion while I read it. While I read this guy's effect. Okay. You can only use the first effect of this card's name once per turn. No, it has to. It has to mention Fallen of Albaz as material. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, you can't. Okay. Would be cool though. Yeah. Okay, so you can only Sorry, use this first. Ignore me. You can only use this first effect once per turn. When your opponent activates a normal spell or trap a trap card or monster effect, quick effect, you can make that effect become your, your opponent discards one card. That is a negate without being a negate. Yes. So things that negate your negate or just say you cannot negate, this gets around it. Yeah. I'm not negating anything. I'm just changing your effect. Also, yeah. also, thanks for the uh, free bonus effect. Like, if you discard a brow off of that, draw two. Oh my goodness! Because uh, a lot of the dark worlds have effects that are discarded, and then they get powered up effects if, if they get discarded because your opponent uh, did something. Yeah, this this that's a really good effect. Uh, two, if this fusion summon card leaves the field by your opponent, you can special summon one of your graphas that is banished or in your graveyard, then each player discards a card. One of the main deck Graphas, not this Grapha. Yeah, yeah. It's very specifically Grapha, Dragon Lord of the Dark World, the old, old boss monster. Right. Not Overlord of the Dark World, just Lord of the Dark World. That is, that is a really good card. Yeah, it's very good. Very, very good. And I'll, I'll be honest though, this quick play spell might be even, it's also very good. All right. So Dark World Accession. Asc- <sighs> yeah, Accession. It looks like it should be Ascension, but there's no end, so it's just a session. That's I wonder if it's weird. a typo on Yu-Gi-Oh! organization. Yeah. Quick play spell. You can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, during the main phase, fusion summon one fiend fusion monster from your extra deck by banishing fusion materials listed on it from your field and or your graveyard. If, fu- if summoning a dark world fusion monster this way, you can also discard monsters from your hand as material. Two, during your main phase, if this card is in your graveyard, oh. you can add it to your hand, then discard one Dark World monster. Okay, I looked it up. The word is accession. Oh. The attainment or acquisition of a position of rank or power, typically that of a monarch or president. Okay, that makes sense. It's it's the same thing as an ascension. That makes sense. Okay, so this card's really, really good, though. This It really cannot be understated how good these cards are for the deck. For the typing. Uh, if no, it not only that oh, Danger Dark World is even better than it already was. I know, right? Okay, so like so like something else I really like is how a lot of these cards um have the discard not as a cost. I mean the Dark Worlds will get their effects off, because Dark Worlds won't get their effects that's off. That's the whole point. Yeah, that's the whole point. And I love that. That's good. I fully expected them to make it the cost. Right, right. Because Konami hates us. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, just hates its player base in general, not... But I think that they would know when designing specifically Dark World cards yeah. that that's kind of an important part of it. Oh, very much so. Uh, anyway, like, all these cards are really good, so, I, I'm, so I'm really stoked, um, just because I really <laughs> like Dark Worlds uh, back in the day. I just really like their... For sure. 
uh, artwork. And, their aesthetic. Yeah, their aesthetic. That That's what I was looking for, and I couldn't find it. Oh, I got you, bro. Yeah. Uh, All right. Next, we have some cards coming from Amazing Defenders. Yes. We don't know what their effects are. Right. Um, so... so Amazing uh, Defenders is the... It's like the next kind of like Tactical Masters. Yeah. It's it's like a deck... A deck deck building pack is that what they call it a deck yeah. building set yeah it's the deck build pack which for us just gets called a random yeah it's it's just it's a side set yeah yeah yeah. so this is amazing defenders so first we have rescue ace which is basically a big earth machine dude it looks like machina citadel but but like painted chair like fire engine red yeah, and with like these big tanks on top, like it's Maybe. almost like a, it's like a big fire truck, really, because it's yeah. got like ladders on it. It looks like. Yeah, but then also like. It's like they made Machina Citadel a fire a, truck. Yes, yes, because I just realized I thought those were like gal- like mini guns on its arms. No, no, those are like water cannons with like a yeah, fan. Yeah, they on are. It. They are. That's exactly what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's just a giant fire. Is this thing gonna be like? Hmm, it might end up being a water machine. Or a fire machine. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I, I, I'm I going to just for now assume it's earth machine support. Yeah, I accidentally exited out of the page. I'll let you go over the next yeah. two. Okay, yeah. uh, so the description they give us for this is a righteous ace monster that bravely stands up to, up to any and all threats. The next one is Puri, a dragon of some kind. Uh, its description exceeds monster that grows when it receives love, whatever that means. Uh, I'm thinking maybe the more materials it has underneath it, the higher attack points it has. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe it's got an ability to, like, attach stuff to it. Probably. Uh, lastly, we have uh, Mikanko, which is a young maiden that serves Kami and Shinto religion. Um, a ritual monster that advents through mysterious dance. So, more ritual cards. Yeah, rich. Hmm. Advents through mysterious dance. That makes me think... It'll be kind of like the Megaliths, where you ritual summon one, activate effect, ritual summon another one, get an effect, activate effect, ritual summon a different one, and maybe instead of tributing, it might like return them to the hand. That would be very cool. I would not the, be opposed to that. Because then it's kind of like because then it's kind of like the ritual monsters are hitting the field, dancing a little bit, and then returning back to the hand. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that, it's the ritual, it's a ritual waifu deck. It's the waifu deck of the three. Right. So we got the machines, the dragons, the waifus. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty solid set, as far as, like, artwork's concerned, then. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so next up, uh, we have two cards that were originally only in the manga are now finally going to be printed. Yes. Uh, I'll let you get the first one. So, we don't have an effect oh wait i'm looking at the yeah you're looking at a different card here we go yeah it's those two all right so first we have daidara baki so this is a level 10 earth zombie effect monster 2900 attack 2500 defense cannot be special summoned you contribute summon this face up this card face up by tributing one zombie monster one gains 200 attack for every other zombie monster you control two at the start of your main phase one, if this card and two or more zombie monsters other than Daidara Baki are in your graveyard, you can discard one card, add this card to your hand. It seems okay. It's not honestly that terrible. Uh, the thing is, I think this is from the dual monsters era manga. 
Yeah, I wouldn't call this like the worst card I've ever seen, but it's definitely not great. Uh, and then the other card is Queen Butterfly Denouse. Level 8 Wind Insect, 2800 attack, 1900 defense. You can only use the effect of this card's name once per turn. Uh, one, if you control this normal summoned or set card, quick effect, you can target up to three level four lower insect monsters in your graveyard. Change this card's attack to zero. If you do special summon those monsters, but their effects are negated. It's kind of like that one, um, uh, fish, uh, super deep sea king Coelacanth. Yes. But for insects <clears throat> and worse. And in the graveyard. Koala can't summon them out the deck. Yeah, yeah. It's like a great... It's like... That's what I mean by a worse one. Also, you have to tribute yes. summon... You have to normal summon this thing. You have to tribute summon this thing to get off its effect, which is awful. Yeah, but... It's neat! Exactly. It's neat. Uh, next up, we have the next V-Jump promo. Yep. So, this is... Green Ninja. All we know is that it's a level 2 wind attribute... And it's got description is an effect that's related to battle positions and its effect will be revealed in the next issue of V jump. Yeah. Um, fun fact about its name, uh, in Japanese, um, the, uh, actual text can't, it actually means like young ninja, right? but it's hard red as green ninja. So it's a, it's a joke, right? It's, it's a play a- on words because he's green as in he's like fresh off the street kind of yeah but then also because he's wearing green clothes right and he's wind attribute next up we have fish of the deep beyond fish is spelled g-h-o-t-i i mean okay so here's the thing there was this (laughs) meme that went floating around a few years back that if the if the g-h in the word enough or tough right is pronounced like f like fish and what was the O one? Uh, like in noise. But no, there's actual I in noise. I don't remember what O was, but it, it's, hmm. hang, hang on, it's okay. if, there it is. If the GH sound in enough is pronounced f, like, like F, and the O in women there it is, is an makes I. the short I sound, and the TI in nation is pronounced sh, then the word g-h-o-t-i is pronounced just like fish yep so they made this card's name a joke off of a literal meme from years ago yes so oh my god which is i love i love it so much right so this is how we end up with fish of the deep beyond so hmm, it is a level 10 water fish synchro monster who would have guessed it was a fish yeah for real uh question mark attack zero defense materials one plus fish tuners and one plus non-tuner monsters. I think this is the first monster that's asked for one or more tuners. Because I've seen one tuner and I've seen two no, tuners. No, there were... Oh, I see what you're talking... I see but what you're I've saying. never seen one or more. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen that either. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, but, uh, particularly because it's you can... It's unique. Yeah, particularly because you can just, like, surprise your opponent by going, okay, well, they can synchro make two synchros and you're just like no i'm gonna use these three monsters and two tuners there you go right right just out of nowhere um so it's actual effect this the original attack of this card becomes 500 times the number of banished monsters its original attack becomes this right which is ridiculous i mean so if something that says like double the original attack or take damage uh equal to the original attack 
it's, yes. it's not zero. Um, if this card is synchro summoned during your opponent's turn, you can banish all cards on the field. Really good effect. I don't know how, how you want to summon this during your opponent's turn. I'm assuming that there's going to be something in archetype that allows there, you to do that. Yes, because we are getting a synchro, a new synchro fish archetype. Obviously, from the release of this card. Yeah. Uh, during the standby phase of the next turn after this card was banished from the monster zone, you can special summon this card, this banished card. It seems like it has the potential to be a cool interruption. It's almost a better uh, white aura whale. Almost, yeah. But I like see what you're a saying. fish or a, a fish specific white aura whale. I should take all of my white aura whales down from TCG player. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, because that. What what level are white aura whales? Eight, eight. Okay, yeah, it's a level ten white aura whale, which is neat. You probably should because they're probably going to spike up whenever this archetype comes out. Probably. Um, last card. You get the last card. Is Sorry. there another one? Yeah, there's one more. Did I miss it? it, it it's... Oh! I somehow clicked off of that page, too. <laughs> Look at you, a professional. I know. I am a true professional. Next, we have a Bridge of the Heart. So, this is coming from the new Crystal Beach structure deck, at yep. least in the OCG, which, Wait, I mean, we yeah. should get it here in the TCG, because... Which we do have the full OCG uh, set. We know what every card is going to be in the OCG version of the stack. Right. Which we'll talk about in a minute. Right. So... Bridge of the Heart, Continuous Belt. You can only use the second and third effects of this card's name each once per turn. One, during your main phase, you can normal summon one Crystal Beast monster in addition to your normal summoner set. You can only gain this effect once per turn. Two, during your main phase, you can destroy one Crystal Beast card you control or in your hand. And if you do, add one Crystal Spell Trap from your deck to your hand. Three, if a Crystal Beast card or cards is placed in your Spell Trap zone, even during the damage step... You can target one card your opponent controls, return it and this card to the hand. Interesting. Oh, yeah. And the now, extra normal summon is not once per turn. Interesting. You can, you can only gain this effect once per turn. So wait. They said you can only use the second and third effect of this card's name each once per turn. Oh, okay. It's and then you can only gain this effect once per turn oh, on the okay, first okay. effect. Okay, the reason why is because of... Okay, so like, let's say I was... So let's say I had Bridge of Heart and uh, Madolce... Uh, Salon. Salon up. Yeah. I could get the Salon Normal Summon or this, or this Normal Summon, not both. Interesting. But it does stack with Double Summon. This is weird. Yes. Um, learning Medolce because of Salon, I learned some weird things. Weird interactions. That's why a lot of those cards say you can only gain this effect once per turn, separately from everything else, because they mean the extra, uh, like... The extra normal. But it's a uh, specified normal compared to uh, double summons, normal summon. Really? Yeah, I don't fully understand it. It's probably one of those things that's because Konami said so. Probably. But... I didn't know that. Yeah. And the only reason I know that is entirely because I didn't have... I only had one salon at the time. This right. Is, this is back when people were running three. So I was running one salon, two double summon. And you had to learn the, that interaction. Yeah. Because I had a hand of salon double summon. I was like, how how would this work? Right, right. Looked into it, read a bunch of articles on it. Yeah, um, that would give me three normal summons that turn. Broken. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Not as broken as you would think, but still hilarious. 
not not terrible. Yeah. Um. But like overall, I think actually now with that second effect where it destroys uh, uh, a uh, a crystal beast in your hand to search for a uh, crystal beast spell or trap. Right. You can uh. So whenever because there there's a reason why they say destroy. Because then they activate their effects to go in your spell and trap card zone. Right. So hold on. You can grab Crystal Promise, activate Crystal Promise, and special summon them out of that zone. I don't know the Crystal Beast cards well enough to know how all of these new cards are going to interact with each other. Uh, okay. Let me pl- I actually had a Crystal Beast deck back in the day because I like building anime decks back in the day because why not? Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, these cards work really well with what with what the deck is trying to do. But how legitimate does it actually make it as a deck? Compared to literally everything else, not. Compared to where it was before. Oh my god, so much better. Holy crap. <laughs> like, let me plug this. It's actually feasible now to summon Rainbow Dragon. That, I mean, that as far as things go, that's better. Yeah. Um, because before you couldn't search Rainbow Dragon. Um, you just tried, could not search. You had to hard draw it. Um, and then you can only summon it if you kind of somehow kajiggered your way into having all seven crystal beasts. Kajiggered is kajiggered. a funny word. Thank you. Um, I would have said engineered, but... <laughs> could, well, that's the thing. D- is this deck really engineering anything? Yes. It, it, it theoretically... No. <laughs> no. No. Back in the day, no, it was not engineering. It was luck-based. Yeah, and... Okay, it was combination of luck base and just hope your opponent doesn't OTK you. Not even OTK. Hope your opponent doesn't summon something with nineteen hundred attack. Right. Let me no eighteen hundred attack. I thought uh, I had a brain fart there, and I thought uh, Sapphire Pegasus was nineteen hundred. He's eighteen hundred. Hmm. You could get away with uh, two thousand with Topaz Tiger, but that you still have to you still have to spend your normal soul on Topaz Tiger and not. Pegasus. Right. Like, the only Crystal Beast you actively wanted to normal summon was, was Pe- Pegasus. Pegasus and uh, Ruby Carbuncle. Was Carbuncle one of the good ones? Yes. Pegasus and Carbuncle are the only two good ones. Fair enough. Uh, Amber Mammoth is kind of... Ma- Amber Mammoth uh, is clutch, can be clutch. Uh, Topaz Tiger is great in a vacuum, in a uh, sealed... In a, not, yeah, in a sealed format. Because when he attacks, he goes up to 2k. Right. So in a sealed format, Tobias Tiger is actually pretty pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Of Outside of sealed format, he's awful. Um, Emerald Tortoise is awful. Uh, Amethyst Pan- I don't know how you remember. Amethyst Cat is terrible. Uh, her thing is, she can attack directly for half damage. Okay. She has 1200 attack. Oh, boy. <laughs> It only takes 14 turns to get to uh, lethal. And I forgot I forgot what Cobalt Eagle does. But his effects also okay. Yeah, I don't remember anything about what any of them do, if I'm uh, being honest here. So Sapphire Pegasus on normal or special. Okay, actually I know what Sapphire Pegasus does. Yes. You know, it lets you just put one in your in your spelling traps out. Yeah, I remember that. Um uh and then Ruby Carbuncle on summon uh lets you select one of your guys in the back row and then moves them up to the front row. Right, right. Resummons them back as monsters instead of continuous spells. Yeah, yeah. So, with all that said, it's an interesting 
It's going to be an interesting deck. I don't it, know if it'll be good, but it'll be better than it was. Yeah. Um. It'll definitely be very fun. One thing that I would love to do with this deck, just because it, it's something different and cool, is maybe do like a sealed for fun tournament where you're only allowed to use three of those structure decks. We'll have to see how it comes in the TCG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It depends on what hand traps you get out, out of the structure deck. Because... Well, just what power cards in general. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, let's talk about the power cards in the OCG. It's um, all right. It's not that great. It, we we had some some fake leaks, some false leaks. Yeah. But now we have the actual full set list. Yeah, but some cards that we thought were going to be there are, are not. not. Specifically... So it was leaked that Forbidden Droplet would be it, here, it's and not, it's not. Yeah. Uh, here, So here are the notable good cards. First off, they do have a Haman, Lord of Striking Thunder, which in a deck like uh, Crystal Beast is a must-have. Is it good? Yeah. Why? Okay, so he's a 4K Beast stick that uh, on summon... Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot. He has What's an, his summon condition? Oh, you send three continuous spells from your field to the graveyard. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then he's just a 4K beat stick. And then he does something else. I just don't remember. Interesting. Yeah, but then um, sending those three crystal beats to the grave also sets up some of your other crystal beast cards. Because some crystal beast cards require that your crystal beast be in the grave. All right. I see you've pulled up Haman, Lord of Striking Thunder. I have. Cannot be normal summon set. Must be special summon from your hand by sending three face-up continuous spells you control to the graveyard. If it destroys an opponent's monster by battle and sends it to the graveyard, inflict a thousand damage to your opponent. And while it's in face-up defense position, monsters your opponent controls cannot target monsters for attacks except for this one. And considering he's got 4,000 defense... It's pretty solid, actually. Yeah, but notably, he's a 4,000 dude. Yeah. Um, and then your Raya Lord is here and flying the same thing, but for continuous traps. Gotcha, but they're all treated as spells when they're in the spell trap zone. Correct. So you just send your crystal beasts. That makes sense. Uh, other cards, Dimension Shifter, great reprint. It's only had one printing as a secret rare in a 10. Prismatic secret. Prismatic secret. Uh, Contact C, cool reprint. Yeah. I guess, if people don't have them. Um, Foolish Barrel Goods, another cool reprint. Uh, Metaverse, cool reprint. Ghost Bell, great reprint. Yes, I've been dodging around the best ones, and, I'm le and I left the best one for last. Okay. Ash Blossom. The OCG is getting Ash Blossom Joy Spring. The Melody of Awakening Dragon is also here, which is a cool reprint. Ooh, that is a really cool reprint. What fusion spell are they running? I think one of the new crystal cards. Right, yes, one of the new crystal cards fuses. Right, I completely forgot because it's been a while. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. I, there's so many crystal cards in here that I just don't know what they do. Uh, I remember. I remember. Uh, rare value is that is actually a really good card. You send a crystal. Uh, if I recall correctly, it's you send a crystal beast in your spell and trap zone to the graveyard. Draw two cards. Sounds about right. For rare value, and it's like it's kind of like cards for black feathers. I'll run through it real quick. Crystal beasts: Ruby Carbuncle, Amethyst Cat, Emerald Tortoise, Topaz Tiger, Amber Mammoth, Cobalt Eagle, Sapphire Pegasus. Makes a ton of sense that these are all here. Yeah. Rainbow Dark Dragon, Crystal Master, Crystal Keeper, Haman Lord of Striking Thunder, Dimensional Shifter, Contact C, Ash Blossom Joy, Spring Ghost Bell, and Haunted Mansion, Awakening of the Crystal Lord, Crystal Protection, Ancient City Rainbow Ruins, Rainbow Bridge, Crystal Beacon, Crystal Blessing, Crystal Abundance, Crystal Promise, Crystal Tree, Crystal Release, Rare Value, Rainbow Refraction, Advanced Dark, The Melody of Awakening Dragon, Foolish Burial Goods, Cosmic Cyclone, Crystal Grace, Crystal Miracle, Crystal Brilliance, 
Crystal Pear, Crystal Conclave, Ultimate Crystal Magic, Counter Gem, Ferret Flames, and Metaverse. And then there is a Light of Transcending Bonds pack that comes with it, which has Rainbow Dragon Overdrive, Rainbow Overdragon, Crystal Beast Rainbow Dragon, Bridge to the Heart, and Crystal Bond. And then it also comes with some bonus cards is how it's listed, which is Rainbow Dragon and then three Rainbow Dragon tokens. Yeah. But they're like... Or Crystal Beast tokens. Yeah, but they're like different artworks. Yeah, similar how they did with the... Albash Shark Stack. Yeah, that, that's the one yeah, I was yeah. thinking of. Uh, so like one of them is... Um, I can't think of the dude's name. Jesse Anderson. <laughs> yeah, it's Jesse Anderson with Ruby Carbuncle. Another one's just Jesse Anderson himself. And, another, and the third one is an actual Crystal Beast token. Right, right. Well... Those are all the new cards from the past couple of weeks. Yes. Uh, lots of cool things. Lots of things are a little disappointing. Um, I- I'm really stoked for the... Uh, I- I'm really stoked for the... I'm actually kind of kinda stoked for the Crystal Beast Shark Stick because I really like Crystal Beast. I just think their whole shtick is really cool. Um, and then I'm it- excited to see what reprints we get. I- that's always the most exciting part of a structure deck to me. Yes, it-, it really is. So we'll see what we get. I- it would be really cool to see Ash Blossom get another... To get a reprint here. Yeah. Like, like in my opinion, if they were just to print the structure deck as is, it would be a very, very good $30 draw pickup three. Oh, yeah. Very probably. well worth it. Um, I mean, realistically, they could just print a deck where it's nothing but a singular copy of Ash Blossom, and that would be a good choice. Oh, yeah, no, that, that'd be immediately worth 10 bucks right there. Boom. Let's yes, go. which is kind of the problem with Ash Blossom. Yeah. And- why it should uh, be in literally every structure deck for the next several yeah. years. Yeah, give the MST treatment. Yeah, I I very wholeheartedly believe that. I mean, there's no reason not to, in my opinion. The way I would do it is, like I said, give the MST treatment where it gets reprinted, but then like one of the other power cards around it also gets reprinted with it. Of course. So sometimes you got like MST Heavy Storm or MST Torrential or MST Dark Hole or whatever. So, stuff like that. Yeah. All right, we're going to go on to our secondary segment, but before we do, I want to take a moment to thank another one of our sponsors, ETB Games. ETB is our locals in Alexandria, Louisiana. Please be sure to check them out at the link in the description down below. They are your one-stop shop for all of your card game needs. They have singles and sealed product, as well as sleeves, deck boxes, play mats, binders, and all of those things for the card games that you love, such as Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Digimon, and more. They also have a wide board game selection and a great wide. Yep. And a great selection of products for all of your tabletop gaming needs, such as books, the figurines, the paint, the for the figurines, all of the big mats that they use, all of those various things. If you're interested, like I said, check out the link in the description down below. And if you're some if you're somewhere near within a few hours of Alexandria. Be sure to go ahead and check us out this weekend. We're having the ETB Battle City Monthly. And this weekend's tournament will be an Edison tournament starting at 3 o'clock. If you Heck need yeah. more, yeah, if you need more details for that, you can hit us up through Discord or Twitter, and we can give you all of the details for that. But we will be there at the Edison tournament, so be sure to check it out. For those of you listening in the future, the Edison tournament was uh June 25th, 2022. And I also yes. want to say thank you for listening so far in the future that this is no longer <laughs> pertinent. <laughs> 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 You're not wrong. 
Ooh, that, I didn't think that joke was that funny. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I. Mm, yeah, no, no. I I've got a sore throat, so. Yeah, allergies, man. It oh, sucks. they're rough. Um, but yeah, you yeah, lead yeah. us into the next segment while I drink water. Yes. Okay. So the next segment we're going to talk about because we haven't talked about anything like particularly meta heavy relevant in a while. So I fi- so we figured we could fi- we should probably go ahead and talk about hand traps. Yes, hand traps. A deck that at forty at a forty card deck, you're running fifteen of them probably. Probably key term. It depends on the deck, really. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like my dinos, I'm running fifteen because three of them are also extenders. Are you really running that many? Yes. Wow. Uh, three Ash, three DD Crow, three Token uh, Collector, Token Collector, three Imperm. That's twelve. That's twelve. I miscounted. You're bad at math. Listen, listen. I never claimed I was good at math. That is true. You did never claim that you were good at math. Listen, listen. It was a calculator risk, but I'm bad at math. <laughs> well, we're going to take a few of the top decks of the current meta and talk about some of the places that you can interact with those decks with different hand traps. And what you can do is... To get the most bang for your buck. Yeah. Bang for your card. It's less about taking and going through by each hand trap and deciding what decks it's good against and more what hand traps hurt individual decks right it's the reverse uh it's the reverse direction right so i i'm just gonna be honest i think it would be easiest if we started with sword soul because that's the deck i know the most about correct i I would agree with that so the best hand traps against sword soul are imperm an effect veiler and token collector and oh and token collector yeah <laughs> definitely token collector can't forget my boy token collector love that little gremlin i hate that card <laughs> so if we're talking about imperm or effect veiler i would say to hit them on their normal summon so the normal summon for this deck is very important for things like mo yi or something like uh Taie, if you can hit those cards and stop their effects, it is hugely impactful on the deck strategy. Sometimes it can be a little non-linear and interesting because sometimes they get to these cards in a different way. Sometimes they just have the Heavenly Dragon Cycle in their hand. Just go, cool, activate Heavenly Dragon Cycle? Yes. Get the token anyway? Yes, it can be rough if that <laughs> happens. But God. The other thing is that I would recommend if they're going first and they lead off with a Sword Soul Emergence, I would ash that personally. Sometimes they don't have any follow-up. Sometimes that's their only card and you end their turn. It, it's definitely one of those things, though. But it, it can also be bait. Yeah, it could also 100% be activate. Cool. Normal summon. Yeah. But to be fair, where else would you ash them besides the emergence? So you can also ash on Ecclesia or on... Vishuda, right? No, Ashuna. Ashuna. I, I always get them mixed up. Yeah, Vishuda is the dark one that can got bounce. It, got it. Ashuna yeah. is the light one that can special summon from yeah. the deck. Um, I personally much prefer to just hold it for the... It, it, depends, on, it depends on how many hand traps I have. If, I, if I'm, my opening animal has only ash, and they just go... You know, they just go start their turn, look at their hand, and go activate. Emergence. If, 
Magto Emergence. If I don't have any other hand traps, I'll just go ahead and do it there because there's like a 50% chance, roughly, in my head, uh, that that just ends our turn. There is a fair shot that it ends our turn, yeah. but if I, I would say if they're going second and they emergence and you have Ash and you, depending on what other interruptions you have, I would not be Ashing the emergence going yeah. s if if they're going second. So if you're going first and they're trying to play into your board and they activate emergence if you don't have a way to stop an ecclesia then i let that emergence go yes because most of the time if if they're going second and you're going first then to me if i'm playing the deck usually when i activate emergence like that if i just lead right into it with emergence either i don't have another play or i'm baiting the, with the emergence for Ecle to use ecclesia yes um now, I haven't had, in my experience, dueling you a whole bunch. Because I'm playing Dino, I don't... I always have, like, four or five interruptions. I mean, generally. So, that's how it always seems to work out. Either that or nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's just the way Dino works. Uh, so, if I'm on the board with, like, a bunch of interruptions, you active emergence, I just let it resolve. I mean, a I have lot no, of the times that's just the way to do it. I just have I have no reason not I have no reason to to not because I can just use my interrupts to stop your normal summon and then okay cool special summon Ecclesia, uh, activate effect negate. I, I have other things. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, it would also depend on how many hand traps do you have in your hand? Do you only have one? Do you have two? What are they? Blah 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 blah. Right. It, it's really a case-by-case -case basis on whether or not you should ash specifically the emergence. If you have, if they've used Vish if they use a I almost had Vishuda again Ashuna, mm -hmm. and you have ash that that ash it just stop it. I would yeah that's fair especially if they lead off with Ashuna, and they so they go Ashuna link off into the monk, and then they try to activate Ashuna right there. Theoretically, that could be bait. Another thing that they can do there is they can summon Adhara and then use Longyan to, and then Longyan and Adhara to make Yazi. Mm hmm. And then they can go Yazi, pop a card in your field, and then use Yazi to special summon a worm from the deck. And that's when they summon Ty, either Taye or Moyi. Moyi. Depending upon which one they haven't used yet. Right. I would probably summon Taye right there just to be able to activate effect to banish the Longyon and then go make Boxia shuffle two cards back because the whole point of these cards is for board breaking ability and then the basically having that Ashuna right there helps them break your board by either going into a Yazi line or going into a Vishuda line, both of which are devastating. So, uh, ashing the Ashina is absolutely fair play. Oh yeah, um, it's always worked out for me personally. Right, uh, but that's just my limited experience with only dual. You're the only Source Soul player I've ever dueled. Right. Yeah, and then as Wait, far as there was one other one. But he just got token collected out the rear end, so... Yeah, that's... I was going to say, that was the next thing I was going to say. If you're running token collector, which I don't think is a bad card right now, then, um... They have to have Heavenly Dragon Circle in their hand. Yes. If, if they don't have it, that's game. They, they, well, not game, but they just... That, 
Ooh, hit my mic. That's just a turn end. Uh, even with Heavenly Dragon Circle, it's still a turn end. Not quite, because you, you're still you were still able to push through and make a uh, uh, Zhao normally. Usually, usually you're able only to only if I haven't normaled or I have a way to special Ecclesia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot of Swordsoul players I've noticed, like playing on like streams and stuff, I've watched and stuff, always go, always try to save their normal summon as long as possible right for exactly the reason of token collector cool heavenly dragon circle normal summon right and then they'll just go full board anyway yeah it uh man it just it, it's one of those things where you're 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 damned if you do damned if you don't right yeah um that being said if token collector resolves and they don't have a way and they, and they oh you win the game immediately yeah yeah, yeah it's it's hilarious because then you can just like link it off and activate it again on their next turn. Yeah, Token Collector is a heck of a card. Uh, there was another funny card. I'm trying to remember exactly what card. It was uh the Reptilian Field Spell. It's got a hilarious interaction that I just want to say because I think it's funny and I want to spread the word how funny this is. Go for it. Okay, so the Reptilian Field Spell states that one of your opponent is that whenever your opponent summons a monster with zero, that has zero attack, you steal it and then give them a token. But the token's not a tuner. The token's not a tuner. They, they they get a level one Reptilian token with zero attack. The uh, Sword Soul token has zero attack. And the way the Sword Soul token is worded, whenever you steal it. You, the reptilian player, are not locked. Can uh, can uh, can use that? Can use a token for like links and stuff? No problem. Right. Your opponent can't. They have to synchro using using a token that they don't have. Which is very funny. Yeah, which means they can't. They cannot extra deck summon at all. Well, they can synchro. I think still they don't have like they have to. Right. Summon. Um, which is a funny, fun, which is just a funny interaction. It's never ever going to come up because the reptilian ants are just—they're cool, but they're bad. That is, this the story of reptiles. Uh, well, Ogdoatics are cool but bad. Are well, no, you're saying they're arguably good. No, they're bad. But don't let people cope. They're bad. Not in a pure deck. They're a chaos deck, whether or not they want to be. They are not really a reptile deck. More of a chaos engine. That just so happened to also be reptiles. Yeah. Which okay. is unfortunate. <clears throat> the other card that I want to bring up against Sword Soul is Nibiru. <laughs> Nibiru is really good against Sword Soul because a lot of Sword Soul players are playing very greedily. And they're going for the draw two play, which is where they go into Kijing Longyan as their 10 instead of Barone. Or, well, because also on, on the normal plays, they'll hit summon five, which was long one plus the token to make the 10. Right, exactly. That's summon five. If you nib them, that that is the prime location to nib them. Right, but the issue with... Well, not really the issue, but there's another place to nib them, which is if they go full board, but they go for the Kijing Longyan play first. So for an example is if they start with Longyan and then go up into Kijing Longyan and then go for a Mo Yi play. And then right there, let them do whatever they want. They can get as many synchros as they want, as long as they don't have the materials to make another 10. Yes. Because if they make another 10, then they're that's going, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, then they can be going for Baron. And then at that point, as long as they haven't activated Eshina. Yes. So 
because then they're going for a draw two play but if they don't put up a full-on negate i'm not worried about it they can make as many monsters as they want and i will nib them to death death that's fair um but like my my big like my biggest issue is i have a with the de- with me playing against the deck is i have i'm really bad at gauging whether or not you're going to go for the Kijing long yawn or well the thing is if you go for the Kijing, then they'll do it first fair enough so before you can even nib them to begin with exactly so if you fair. see the Kijing, then wait until they're about to end their turn yeah or, or even like wait for them to go pass and just go before in, the end of main right in the main nib right because most of the time they don't have a follow-up to that yeah because they'll just lose the board they just set up it's like uh-oh exactly so yeah if they're gonna overextend let them overextend and then punish them oh yeah or if they're going to go for chi <clears throat> and then baron the issue with that is that it's very difficult to make baron before summon five so the deck is very susceptible to nib the issue is as we'll see nib is not the strongest against the other decks in the format right now yeah so speaking of, let's talk about Despia. Oh yeah, the the one fusion uh, deck in the meta at the moment. Right, I would say that the best hand traps against this deck are Didi Crow, <laughs> Ash, and Imperm. Um, to a lesser extent, Ghost Bell. Right, but, but only if they don't have um, branded Lost Up. Yes. If they have branded Lost Up, Ghost Bell is worthless. Right. My issue with Ghost Bell against the matchup, and this is the reason that I cut Ghost Bell personally, most of the time when they do something where they remove something from the graveyard, either they have branded and lost or they're chain blocking it in a way to where you cannot stop it. Exactly. So, so I, I personally prefer DD Crow. Because DD Crow don't care. Right. DD Crow just removes the threat entirely. Specifically, the way you're supposed to utilize DD Crow against the deck is that whenever they activate the branded in red. On your turn. On your turn. They then have to target a, uh, a card in their graveyard. Right. Return it to the hand and then fusion. If they do not get that card back to their hand, they do not fuse. Correct. They have to target it. So you can just go, cool, chain DD Crow targeting that your target. Right. So then it'll get banished. It doesn't return to the hand. They don't fuse. Exactly. Yep. I would definitely recommend DD Crow. Ash, just let them do whatever they want. Just wait for the branded fusion. When the branded fusion comes down, hit it with Ash every time. Oh, yeah. Really, it's just... Now, keep in mind, with Ash um, and branded loss, because this is something that comes up a lot... Brand Loss states that your opponent cannot negate the activation right. of your fusion spells. Ash isn't negating the activation, it's negating the effect. Ghost Spell negates the activation. Right. And that's why Ghost Spell isn't near as good. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, so, an Imperm, personally, I would just hit the Aluber when they summon Aluber. Yeah, Imperm of, or, and or Effect Veiler. Right, if, if they have a monster on field that is a strong plus one, just hit it with Imperm Valor. Yep. So, I think that realistically, most of the time, you can really hit them hard with certain cards. The key is don't get don't get too don't get trigger happy with them. The key is to be conservative and hit them at the strongest moments. I don't care if you have 15 cards in your hand, if they're all hard once per turn, and I hit the most critical parts of it, right? 
So I don't care if you have 15 cards in your hand. Because I impermed your Aluber, so you don't have branded fusion, or I ashed your branded fusion. Well, or in that case, you don't have branded fusion or branded lost. Right. So they, so, they can search for either one, but... I, I'm just... I'm not concerned with what's in the hand as long as I know where to interact with the deck. I know what cards yeah. to watch for because I can hit Branded Fusion with Ash, like I said. I can Imperma Luber or I can hit the Branded in Red with DD Crow. I have a DD Crow in my hand. I don't care. I'm not activating it on my opponent's turn. Yep. Yeah, you There's just... great places to hit. If I have two DD Crows, sure, I'll hit that Edge Imp Chain when they send it as cost. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, like, like there, there was literally one game I had against this deck where I looked at my hand, saw two, saw the one crow, and went, cool. Set my hand down on the table and just sat there and went, yep, mm-hmm, yep, uh-huh. Seems good. Yeah. Man, that's a really good card. Cool. Okay, cool. My turn. Draw for turn. Um, Start doing stuff, and as soon as they go brand or red, cool, DD Crow. Yep. And there goes their whole, their whole game plan. It's really, really, really good. So, I would say Nibiru is not the strongest against this deck. Because they can very well put out their whole inboard and get to summon... Three or four. Three or four. Right. They don't summon very much. That, and then they'll make Guardian Chimera on your turn, which then becomes a problem. Yeah, I think that it's it's a very strong deck. And they have the capability of flooding the field. Absolutely. But Nibiru, I do not think, is the answer. Oh, yeah. Uh, particularly because they flood the field with fusions that require that will then kind like because the first fusion is what lets you get the second fusion, which fetches you the the new fusion spell to make a third fusion. Right. If you just stop the first fusion, they can't do any of that. Right. Now, also, it's very realistic. Like if you have multiple imperms, like if you hit or multiple veilers. If you hit the Luber and then they go into the Lubellion, which I believe is the one that summons another one. Yeah, just hit the Lubellion. That's also a great place to hit. I right. prefer hitting the Luber just to less opportunity for them to get into exactly what they want. Exactly. But I I understand either way. Yeah. Uh, something else you can do, which I think is absolutely hilarious, is uh, what was is it Masquerade? Masquerade is the one that burns you for six. Yes, I actually I actually had somebody drop two of them on me. And I was like, man, that's stupid good. Imperm, Imperm one, Imperm the other. It really do be like that. And he was like, oh no, uh, cool. And I started doing stuff and he went, so I normal, and I'm playing Dino. I went normal summon OV activate effect. And he went chain Brandon and Red and I went chain DD Crow. That's a heck of a lot of interruption you had. Yeah, I mean, I had two Imperms, DD Crow, uh... And then I had the uh, Ovi Raptor. I don't remember what the last card in my hand was. It did not matter. They conceded at that point. Right. Because I'm just going to OTK them. (laughs) Right. I would say that the last card that I think is a really good card, depending on the type of Despia deck, is actually Droll and Lockbird. Oh my. Yes, yes. It very much is. So if they're running the Edgeant package with the Allures... They're begging to get drolled. Oh, yeah, no, because as soon as they normal summon a Luber, get the search, cool, droll. Or even if they activate, I think it is... So they activate branded opening, and they don't activate it during the 
if they don't activate it during the draw phase because it's a quick play yeah quick so play. they can activate it during the draw phase and you cannot draw them in the draw phase but if they don't activate it during the draw phase or if they just normal summon a luber or if they just whatever then you hit them with droll it turns off their entire all their allures their entire patchwork engine it also turns off tra uh, despian tragedy yes it, it really really affects the deck but if you see if you don't see any allures and you don't see the edge imp package which i think pretty much everybody is playing allures or edge imps these days one or the other usually both right i, I would say that if you see either allure or edge imp i would side in drolls if you go all of game one and you don't see them at all that's when i would consider not yeah. putting in the drolls I mean, yeah, because there, there is the high chance they just didn't see it that game. Right. At the same time, it, it's still kind of a safer... It's still safer to just kind of go, I'm just going to side for just generic as opposed to this specific type, archetype. Right. Or subtype. Because uh, then if you side for the specific, sub, the specific subtype and they're not that subtype, you, you got a droll that's not going to be doing a whole lot. Right. So... I wouldn't main deck droll, but it's a good side deck option against certain Despia. Oh, yeah. And lastly, I want to talk about the punk synchro decks that you see going around, like the punk adventure synchro deck. Super cool deck. Yeah, I think the most impactful hand trap here is actually droll and lockbird. <laughs> I, droll is really rough on that deck. Between the adventure package, the punk package, just all the different ways that they add cards yeah. to their hand to generate their the, advantage. The Therian package. Right. All the different ways that they are adding cards to their hand can be really, really brutal. Oh, yeah. Just uh, especially if they normal summon the Therian uh, plant one. Lily. Yeah, Lily to get the Therian, the King Regulus, and you draw them there like. Oh, yeah, they can they can summon Regulus and that's it. Right. Um, Imperm is fine if you can hit the Zia man. And honestly, even Ogre and Ghost Bell can be fine against this deck. There, there's so many different ways that they play and so many different ways that they that their cards interact that any hand trap can do something, but you really need to see a couple of them to, for it to be impactful. Yep. And or I think a lot of floodgates. Right. And I think a lot of times when you go up against that deck, you see you end up seeing you, if you don't see either floodgates going first or at least two hand traps going second, it's going to be a rough time. It's a very good deck. Oh yeah, L listen, listen, listen. I, I was, I, I was sitting there doing my thing up against that deck at, at a tournament, and he ended on a very unassuming board. It was like I don't remember one of the monsters, but the main one that is what game ended me right there was uh Halky Fibrax. Halka Fi was Halky Fi yeah it was like a regulus Halka Fibrax something something else. So then he tagged out the hike the Halka Fibrax into Formula. It wasn't formula. No it was formula. Cause then he synchroed the formula yep. synchron and a level eight on board into Hot Red Dragon, Dragon Archfiend King Calamity. Yeah. Which is a 4K idiot who also prevents me from activating cards. Yes. Cards or effects. Yep. 
card's crazy. Yeah. No, no, no. Now, when, I, now when, when they say that, what they mean is you cannot activate spells, you cannot activate traps, you cannot activate monster effects. Out the 4K dummy. Do it. I dare you. Just off normal and special summoning without activating any effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I The only way I know of how to do it is to attempt to summon... Uh, Hamon is to attempt to summon Hamon or Uriah because they're 4K. Right. And that's a summon condition, so drop them and then you just go crash. Yeah. The that would be way, the way to do it. It's the only way I know how. If that build that. is a little gimmicky. I wouldn't worry quite as much about that yeah, build. But, but keep in mind, that is a thing they can do. Yes. So, there's lots of different ways to interact with all of these decks. But I think that a more generic hand trap lineup... Running 12 to 15 hand traps might be your best bet. Yeah. I think decks like Adagnister have a lot of power right now because they can run that like 15 hand traps. Yeah. That's why Salamangrade is not a bad choice for deck right now. Oh, yeah. And all of that, they just got uh, Heat Soul. Right. Which is a big boon to the deck. Something else they can, that, that deck can do, which I think is absolutely dumb, is as far as their normal combo line, they can make uh, Dagda. Set, uh, effect Dagda to set the scythe and just kind of keep going. Use the Dagda and a tuner to make Halka Fibrax. Then they'll tag out the Halka Fibrax and a TG Wonder Magician, who then pop scythe so they can scythe lock you. Right. In archetype, they just lose out on the ability to make uh, the formula into a big, big uh, floodgate synchro. Right. For a different floodgate. Right, right. It's disgusting. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. The last thing I want to do is I do, we've been forgetting a lot, but I want to throw out a podcast question of the day real quick. Let's do it. So today's podcast question of the day is, what card was unassuming on release, but ended up being good later on? Ooh, that's a good one. I know, I know. It just, it just comes to me. So... Thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode. Like I said, if you're on Apple or Spotify, please be sure to go ahead and just go ahead and click that follow button, that rate us, whatever it is that you can do on those apps. Go If you're on YouTube, if you've liked the episode, go ahead and subscribe for these episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And be sure to check out the notification bell, like it, whatever you need to do. And then, of course, the last thing I'm going to say is please check out our Patreon and our affiliate links all in the description down below. They help support the podcast a ton. They let us bring awesome things to you, the listeners, and we couldn't do this without the support of the listeners. So with all of that said, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And until next time, have a great weekend. Take care, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.